0: What is up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Decode Podcast. I am your host, Ken Cardez, aka Omega Z, editor in chief of the D Core written content over at Digital era Entertainment.com. I'm joined with co host and producer of the Decode Code Podcast, Gino aka C L Geek Boy. Hello. Oh, no. Owner and operator of the Waypoint Cafe over at 65 Ludlow Street. Uh, we are not recording from there, but normally the Waypoint Cafe is our home base. Um, we're still stuck in uh, COVID times, you know. These things tend to hold us up a little longer, to a degree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but eventually, eventually we'll be back there <laughs> at some point.
1: I got to replace some things. Dream room.
0: <laughs> you got to replace a lot of that building. <laughs> yeah. The, the... I, 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 I heard there was uh, some water issues the other day.
1: Uh, yeah, the building had to... Um, they were getting inspected by the uh, city. So I think it had something to do with the, with the building's actual water tank in of itself. So to actually check okay. that, you have to drain it. But to drain it, you have to shut off the water. Um, On Monday, the city stood us up, (laughs) so they came back on Tuesday, and I'm just like, are you kidding me? So I had to close for two days, because the rule is, um, if the water is off, I can't be open as a food service at all, because people can't use the bathroom. That, and you can't clean. Yeah, that too.
0: (laughs) Trust me, I know. I yeah. work in business law for the
1: courts.
0: Qu- <laughs> FYI, my own real-life job is <laughs> I work for the courts. Fun. <laughs> it's fun time. I handle international and business law. It's fun. fun. Anyways, guys, uh, we have a pretty stacked show for you today. There is a boatload of things that have come about that we want to talk to you about today we even have a little bit of esports stuff going on Uh, I want to tackle the esports things first uh, because uh, I remember uh, some episodes ago we were kind of like back and forth about whether or not Valorant has the staying power and I don't know if you've been paying attention to the current um, Champions Tour that's been happening in Valorant, but holy good god, those games have been super amazing.
1: Yeah, no, the games have been like, great.
0: I, 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 like, I've watched streamers play Valorant, and I'm just like, okay, you know, it's whatever, but, like, seeing some of these teams, like, these guys are I've watched these teams play before, and for some reason, I feel like they're playing the game purposely different now, because now it's like much more fast-paced. Maybe the game has changed, there's been updates, I don't know, I haven't really paid attention too much to what's happened in-game. But watching the gameplay of these teams play, and seeing some of the uh, decision-making that has happened over the course of these matches, has been insane. Um, We just, uh, part of that tour is happening, but Today, I was watching some of the games at work uh, and box coming away with a 2-0 win, uh, pushing them into uh, almost the finals. I think they're like one of the top teams to make finals for the uh, yeah. right now is the Masters segment. There is qualifiers, there's Masters, and then there's the champions bracket. So and box essentially poising themselves, positioning themselves uh, to hopefully make it into the North America champion bracket. Um it took some time really for that team to come
1: together actually. There were some problems in the early days and stuff like that. But it, it it's interesting that you mentioned that Valorant feels like a faster game. The pace of the game has not changed actually.
0: Well, I'm watching these streams and these dudes are like running around like
1: what has changed. Call of Duty people. <laughs> yeah, what has changed <laughs> is um people are finally getting comfortable with the actual Great that the game can go at now. Um, a lot of the maps have been, they have had some tweaks, things like that. Uh, a lot of characters have had some tweaks as well. So, uh, in addition with the new characters, it's not that the pace, the pace of the game has always been this kind of quick. Almost like CSGO in a way, like quick rounds, things like that. What's changed is the variety of characters and how they interact with each other and stuff. Okay. So. I guess so. It's just, (laughs) it's still CSGO with powers to me. That's all. (laughs) For sure.
0: Um, But yeah, like, if if you guys have not watched Valorant, definitely take a look at uh, some of the showcases today for their Champions Tour. Some really exciting uh, moments in those games. Uh, You know, you, you got your staple teams, phase, cloud 9, TSM, you know, they're all in there and Box as well. I think Anbox is the New York team if I'm It is, mistaken. yeah.
1: It is the New York based yeah, team. So,
0: so, let's go.
1: It's Anbox. it's interesting how um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting how the teams have worked, cuz you've had like mainstays who want to get into Valorant but they felt because of the way that the game was at the beginning, it wasn't like Profitable enough. They're still waiting. In all honesty, it feels like, to see where Riot right. takes it. Um, I think a lot of it is they're waiting to see how the first land goes.
0: Right. Um, Apex Legends is going into its new season. Oh yeah, they showed off a new character. Yep. Who is pretty much in the Apex Legends lore. Uh, you can check out the trailer on YouTube. It's Apex Legacy. The big thing to come out of this trailer is Apex Legends is introducing a new mode called Arenas. And nobody knows what this is just yet.
1: I, I have an uh, idea what it is. Um, There was Arena modes in Titanfall 1 and 2. So I think it's going to be similar to that. Things like... um. Like, how you have in Destiny, like, control point and stuff like that. But it's going to be, like, 3v3 teams. So you'll have, like, four teams competing at the same time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably Team Slayer or something similar in that that notion. Or the big army battles where you had a bunch of Marvins on your side. And they had a bunch of Marvins. Yeah. And then you just kept whittling each other away.
0: Yeah. I feel like some people have said that it's going to be like a 3v3 mode um, or something to that effect, or a deathmatch type of thing. Yeah,
1: it feels like deathmatch. It feels like they're much smaller maps, too, uh-huh. in that in that regard. They look like smaller maps.
0: Indeed. Um, but it's, it's exciting. Apex Legends has been on a, a great resurgence recently as well. Um, nothing too much on the eSports side of things. I haven't heard too much about any, uh...
1: Uh, they've just been mostly... I know, um... EA is not really leading the charge with that. Um, it's more like third-party companies have been doing it, so I think ESL1, DreamHack... I know that there today is a charity tournament. Uh, Um... Yeah. Yeah, for Apex. And, again, it's points-based and all that, just, like, how, um... Apex was like how Fortnite is and PUBG is. It's just difficult because you don't have custom servers unless you are one of these like large esports uh, thing, like organization. So, I hope that that picks up more. I hope they they give us custom servers at some point. That'll be fun. Yeah. I really like the new character. I really like Valkyrie. (laughs)
0: Yeah, she's definitely a a nice character and a wonderful addition to the Apex. uh, It just makes me feel
1: so bad because as someone who's played Titanfall 2, it's just like, oh, I feel terrible for you. I'm sorry. For those of you who haven't played, um, her father is one of the boss characters. Her father should have been the final boss because he was so hard. Um, (laughs) And uh, you, the player in Titanfall 2, this is a spoiler, You're the one who actually kills him. Uh if I remember correctly, it's a Mozambique to the head. Oof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just straight up blow off his head after like knocking him out of out of his um Titans. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so yeah, that, that was yeah. That was a thing. <laughs> But it's great to see the Titanfall 2 lore. So that that now now I know where Apex falls in the Titan in the Titanfall universe. It falls after Titanfall 2, after the war has been uh finished in the um frontier. Right. So maybe they are setting up for 3, and I feel like that's what they're doing. Cuz we have that other character who hates uh who hates um Fuse who hasn't really been shown all that much. She just has the mask and everything, so I think they're setting her up as well as, like, the next big bad. Mm -hmm. But, yeah.
0: So, that's over uh, on the Battle Royale side of things. Over in fighting game land, it looks like a certain Sega fighting game franchise is set to make its resurgence. Uh, if anyone remembers, uh, last year, around September, October, when uh, Sega's Tok- Sega- during Sega's uh, Tokyo Game Show stream, they announced some type of Virtua Fighter X esports project. Uh, some more details have been revealed today, as they revealed uh, a Virtua Fighter esports artwork. And Sega has come out to say that this game will restart as an eSports title, initially in Japan. Details will be coming out in a little bit of time, so please keep an eye out. But it looks like Virtua Fighter is going to be coming back to the fighting game uh, scene soon, or sometime, hopefully. I'm excited. Um... Of course, it makes sense that they were started in Japan first, being that Virtua Fighter is one of the very niche fighting games that tends to get played a little bit over here in North America, but not as much as, say, a Tekken.
1: No, it gets played more in Europe and South America, just like King of Fighters. Yeah. (laughs) Um. (laughs) That's the one thing I don't like about esports, actually. Everyone's like, oh... If it doesn't do well in America, it's a it's a dead game. I'm like, you realize it's like the rest of the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I love Virtual Fighter. I miss Virtual Fighter. Um the Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown was the last one that came out on PlayStation. Um and I just I want them to give me more Virgin Fighter.
1: That's I think the why they're starting it in Japan as an esports thing is, I don't think it's going to be for consoles. I think it's going to be for um, arcades first.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's going to be arcades or some type of like network-based thing only.
1: Yeah, I, 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 the reason why I say that is because Sega still has a bunch of, even though they closed their, their largest arcade in Akiba this year, citing costs of the pandemic and everything, Um. Right. They they still have a very healthy arcade division. Like a lot of people don't realize like no they make money on arcade machines. Yep. So and also pachinko. <laughs> not so much the pachinko actually. Um Konami does a little bit better than them in in that market.
0: Yeah, I mean Konami turned all their games into pachinko franchises. There's Silent Hill <laughs> pachinko.
1: <laughs> That's a fun one though. That was the Metal Gear Solid one.
0: (laughs) Uh, If you say so. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, switching it over to video game news. And pertaining to our wonderful troll image courtesy of the internet. uh, Jeff Kaplan has left Blizzard
1: (laughs) I'm, I'm just going to yeah, say Jeff something. Jeff. I forgot that his last name was Kaplan, so when I had to go find this image, I kept writing Jeff Keeley. <laughs> and it's like, Jeff Keeley never worked for Blizzard. I'm like, oh, what's his actual last name? <laughs> <laughs> I just know him as Jeff. <laughs>
0: I just wonder who's going to do the holiday Yule log thing for Blizzard now.
1: I mean, they already have the footage. They could technically just reuse it
0: he's not there anymore. True. So they're just gonna have like an empty chair. Yes. And fire.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then they'll, they'll probably have like CGI characters from Overwatch occasionally sit in there.
1: It should be Torbjorn the whole time, just staring at you in the Christmas <laughs> outfit. They're
0: just there, standing there with all sixteen of his kids. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Um but I think this is kind of this is big news cuz I don't know if he left because he's tired of working at Blizzard, Activision Blizzard or if something pushed him out because um Overwatch it's, it's 2 right. is um they've they've had to push back obviously because of the pandemic and everything so I don't know how that's going to affect that um Overwatch right now is kind of in this weird stasis mode, where it's getting some patch yeah. updates, but like, there's no new content coming for it anytime soon. Yeah. So. So, uh, as someone who
0: pays attention to Overwatch for a lot of different reasons, <laughs> and has in real life friends who, a used to work for Blizzard. Has other in real life friends who be still work for Blizzard. I think a lot of it has to do with the uh, the atmosphere uh, over there. Um, Activision is clearly putting their hand in everything to the point where I think a lot of like this is he isn't the first Blizzard developer to just up and leave. You know, so many other.
1: Oh no, I know Blizzard that. Executives I know that he's not the involved. first. So a lot of people. Way a lot of this news. Is- being read, at least on the forums, is people are saying, oh, it's not that bad. Like, he probably just wanted to retire from Blizzard to go do his own stuff. And I'm just like, no, this is someone who who cared about Project Titan, which is what Overwatch eventually yeah. came. Like, this is his actual child. Like, his actual, actual child. Um, The deal, it was like, oh, but Activision hasn't messed up, like, World of Warcraft yet. I'm like, yeah, that's because they can't legally, according to their um acquisition document. They can't actually touch WoW, but Overwatch Activision Blizzard has full control over. Same with Hearthstone. Um, which is why you see like them doing the Diablo 2 stuff. And it's like, yeah, like, but Vicarious Visions doing Diablo 2 is great. I'm like, they're really just uprezzing the game. It works. It works, and it fits in with uh, what's-his-name's, the CEO's. uh, Bobby Kotick. Thank you. Bobby Kotick's um, (laughs) philosophy about IPs and how they should just be annual things that you just run into the ground. Of course.
0: (laughs) Take this dead horse that's already been beaten and
1: beat its corpse some more. At this as point as it, as it, as it's it's in people. a juice press. Let's let's not lie. <laughs> like this is why, like, when they brought back Crash, I'm like, okay, I'm now worried. Because it's like, okay, we've got Crash Team Racing, cool. We got the Crash Collection, we got Crash Four, cool.
0: It, they've actually been really good with Crash though. Like they've actually put some type of heart and soul into that. And I'm amazed that, that they have. Because that's that true. Could
1: have been- <laughs> I'm still waiting that, that because game. they put heart and soul into into the modern warfare uh, remake games, and we all see where that went.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's because it's Call of Duty, and Call of Duty to them is just print money. Yeah, that, that game's entire existence is solely to print money.
1: I don't know who's a bigger offender. Of in my, you know, in my opinion, I, I. I used to harp on EA with Madden or like FIFA. And it's like, you know what? No, your yearly releases at least make sense. To a degree. <laughs> to a degree, they at least make sense. <laughs> like, you can actually argue why they exist. I don't understand why we need a new Call of Duty every year.
0: Because the dude bros need to meet with their boys online and crack some brewskis and, uh, you know, shout racial slurs and make Don't. fun of women while shooting their
1: friends in the face electronically. With the same um, gun that you've been firing since 2005? <laughs> On the same map from 2004?
0: <laughs> hey, Newtown is a staple. Newtown is classic. It's home. <laughs> you making fun of my home?
1: Yes. Because at least when Halo does it, at least, at least the maps are still fun. <laughs>
0: I don't know, man. I I, 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 I can question some Halo maps. But then again, that's that Bungie design if we're talking like old school Halo.
1: I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm talking about old school (laughs) Halo. Like, Bungie design, some some of the maps are great. Others, I'm just like, why is this map so big?
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's like, what is this map for? Why are you so big?
0: Across an entire continent.
1: Don't remind me about okay. Capture the Flag. Like, and you have to walk across half the world just to deliver the flag back to your house. Uh, let's play
0: Capture the Flag. What's the map? The entire United States of America. Oh
1: California
0: is my... one base. New York is <laughs> the Virginia, other base. And the Carolinas are the other. <laughs> like,
1: great, great, great. <laughs> Uh, the
0: spawns of are, spawns are the Grand Canyon,
1: <laughs> Seattle.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine
1: like <laughs> there is a map, map that thing. big? It, it's that snow map that has one base on a wall that's like a like a dam, and then yeah, the I mean, other base goes, goes at a right States, angle. It's not a it's a big map. Yeah, it's a right <laughs> angle, and you just over all the way over there at an, on the other side of the dam. And I'm just like but there's like a mountain between you. I'm like you you're making me literally go in a U-turn. I'm like why? <laughs> Be-
0: because we can.
1: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But yeah. But what what do you think honestly I mean, about this leave for uh Papa Jeff as he's called? So,
0: I I am on that like 50-50 scale. Like it sucks to see someone of such prominence leave. Something that he's been associated with for almost two decades. The man has been at Blizzard an extremely long time. Uh, So it's sad, you know, for the people who have grown up with the games that he has operated on and worked on and things like that. on the other hand, as someone who used to really like Overwatch, he is the reason I stopped liking Overwatch. <laughs> so for me, I am also in the camp of good riddance, be gone, you should have left earlier. Um, <laughs> and that's just because like, I feel like he just lost sight of what made Overwatch, Overwatch, after a while. Um, and I get it, it's not an easy game to quote-unquote balance. Um... But there were a lot of other determining factors and a lot of other decisions that were made by not just him, but other people in that uh, development team that I'm just like, Overwatch is a pale shade
1: of what it once was. (laughs) I I think when they did the mercy changes, that's when I really stopped. Because if you just made it a channeled ability that could be interrupted, like her res... Yeah. And it's like it adds a second for each member that you're trying to res, then fine, because by the time uh Brigida came out, you had her complete counter pick
0: yeah, but Brigida herself was broken to begin with still, still broken <laughs> yes, <laughs> there was a time
1: where I literally I literally thought I was playing Street Fighter Four but vanilla Four because you literally just <laughs> there i I sat there as a roadhog and I'm like, oh, I'm getting stunned every 2 minutes. Like, what what's the She point? couldn't she couldn't
0: be killed. Like, this is this is they literally made a character who might as well have been like you can't win this fight.
1: Like, yeah. that Well, it wasn't just her, <laughs> but it's like you had a Roadhog hook, you had McCree's flashbang, her and a pin from Reinhardt and it's like all oh, your health is gone. I'm just like I literally just got stunned to death. I'm like, I didn't realize I was playing Dota again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean eventually the Mercy, the Mercy reworks started to work but it was at the cost and expense of so many other abilities. Right. Uh, across the board on that like you know I never liked Mercy to begin with because my mindset and I I know that for some this might come as a little strange and I'm sure I've definitely mentioned it on the show before like Mercy's entire usefulness was when your entire team is dead. Yep. And in a team-based shooter, if your entire team is dead, you're essentially losing that fight. That means you're losing. So her use of this is when you're already losing, and then she resurrects your whole team, and then the opposing team just either can try to annihilate you again, or anything like that. So to me, that made me realize that if there is a mercy on the opposing team, that is priority target number one.
1: Yeah.
0: Above anything else. So as someone who played DPS, whenever I would notice that the other team had a mercy, if I had twenty five kills, yep. twenty three of them were on that mercy. Yeah, <laughs> Cause I'm only focusing her. I'm not giving a crap about anybody else. No, yeah, no, that makes, no that, makes, that makes sense. No, that makes
1: that makes one hundred percent sense. Like but that's also, my like good game it, it, sense. It, it baffled my mind
0: on how so many people playing this game let
1: mercies live. Because they didn't have the game sense that we grew up with. You grew up with TF2. If you saw a doctor in TF2, you focused the doctor. <laughs> because he can Uber the heavy, and now you're just stuck here with someone who has the most amount of health in-game. Plus extra damage. Yep. <laughs>
0: and I get and and I I used to wonder like oh maybe it's because the team comps are are that together and it's like no no people just outright just ignored mercy because they were too busy trying to kill like the tank on the team or you know go after the other DPS and it's like no just just, just let the flanker flank the healer once the healer is gone then trash damage the big but, guy
1: none of these people actually played like it, 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 that was something that bothered me, and I remember saying, I'm like, have any of you ever played an actual MM?" I remember this exact conversation I had. Have any of you ever played WoW or any other kind of MMO that has a healer class? I'm like, and someone said, yeah, I'm like, what is the one person you have to keep alive no matter what? It's your healer. Because they can yeah. res you. If the healer dies, the entire party wipes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And it's, it's a mindset that I even felt was lacking watching competitive play because we had competitive teams build around their mercy and nobody was going after all their mercies. Everyone's, like, focusing the point. And I get that. That's the objective. You have to play the objective. But
1: you have to But it's push. Like, you have to punish the mercy so you can break through to the objective.
0: Yeah, so I, ne- I never understood like why everyone's like, oh, her pick rate's high. And I'm like, yeah, because nobody is playing this game the way it should be. And very rarely have I seen it played that way. You know where I've seen that play a lot? In Contenders, yes. I've seen people do that a lot. Yeah, And in contender, if you look at a lot of the Contenders metagames or like a lot of their competitive games, very rarely do you see Mercy's picked. The common heel team has been Lucio Anos or... Brigida Lucio or Brigitte Zen. That's I,
1: been like the comment. That's the other thing. It th- hey, drives yeah. me nuts that no one would focus on Zen ever. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like <laughs> you literally have a healer who can <laughs> snipe. And it hurts yep. when he snipes. Remember
0: have you did I ever show you my gameplays so when I was playing Zen? Yes. I remember watching.
1: <laughs> and I'm sitting here and I'm just like, this is not it's like this I remember the fact that he can body block he still can body block I think yes, he's still
0: broken. <laughs> and I'm like
1: no if he's ulted, he can body block I'm like that's dumb like that shouldn't exist I
0: I will never like I remember the one time Mario and I were playing and I was like I guess he was learning I think it was just me just trying to teach him how to do uh how to utilize Ana, and I explained to him how tank Lucio works, and I showed him in-game, and I could hear just, like, the jaw drop when I showed, hey, this is how you tank with Lucio, and he was just like, I I didn't know he could do that. I was like, no, no, not many people do. Not many do, yeah. I was like, this is tank Lucio. (laughs) Nobody knows he can do this. I don't know why, but he can.
1: <laughs> you know what I miss about Overwatch, I actually do miss this. And when Overwatch first launched, we're able to have Six multiple. Bastions? Yes, <laughs> you could have multiples, and I miss having like I, I
0: hated, I hated that. I was like, yo, this game needs. <laughs> character lock so bad like when i first played overwatch that's what they had i was like wait you can pick six of the same i was like oh my god no they need to change this that was one of the first changes they did i was like thank you yeah god
1: i still think that they need to implement a band pick phase for characters that's just my that i feel like that would make games more interesting
0: maybe i think it could work um but God, those days when you could pick like just straight up six bastions. My favorite thing to do was to convince my team to just pre all Pharahs. I mean, not Pharah, Um, all. What was her name? Symmetra with the turrets. Yeah. And just, we would just have an army of turrets built around whatever choke point we had. Yeah.
1: And the opposing team could just never go through. My favorite was having three maze. do you know how many diva alts we broke because you just wall up the diva alt and it's just just like it's like it's stuck in it's stuck in a triangle now and it can't do anything
0: yeah it was pretty bad I remember out healing my healer as soldier 76 oh yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, but I have not touched overwatch in a very long time um Maybe when Overwatch 2 comes out, Can't, I'll try to I, I don't know. I don't I know if really, I can. I really... It's just a game I legit miss, you know? And like, I get that. There's, that. there's that part of me that misses it, and then I think about all the headaches I dealt with of people who just don't know how to play the game, and I'm like, I don't want to go through that again.
1: I get that. My thing is I personally think Um, Overwatch 2 is not gonna be worth the price that they're gonna put it at.
0: I mean, they're releasing it as a full price title, when it very clearly uh, looks like an expansion pack kind of ordeal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm thankful that the stuff from Overwatch 1 carries over to Overwatch 2. I'm thankful for the fact that, like, oh yeah, the game looks will actually have real story modes and not just, like, the game modes. Yeah. But if I'm gonna be 100% serious, I am not paying the 40 or... or, for for all intent and purposes, knowing Bobby Kotek, the 70 bucks for it on console.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a $60 game, for sure. It's gonna be a full price
1: title. And... I don't think it's going to be worth it. I think this is going to be the title that I remember. This is actually before I joined uh, CEO Gaming, before I met you guys. I I I used to run a tiny blog off of Um, (laughs) 1up.com. God. Yeah. Yeah. That's how long this is. When that sale went through for Activision to buy Blizzard, I said, good. Blizzard will be saved. But in the long in the long run, Blizzard's gonna be the final nail in the coffin for Activision. One can hope. <laughs> a lot of people have started like I don't know if you paid attention to what happened in Call of Duty this week. Um
0: for I know that I know for Warzone they did like a whole like nuke of the map.
1: They did a nuke and it's a reskin of the map. And instead of doing a whole new map, because they were, I, I guess this was the compromise. Instead of doing what like Fortnite did, where they gave you a brand new map, um, they just reskinned the map, and that put off people who were interested in coming back. And it's like, I don't want to have to learn a, a reskinned map because that means it's probably gonna have the same issues as the old map. They did it to keep all the current players. But because they did that event, the servers were down for literally. Most of the day, if almost two days, it led to Holy so man. many problems. Um, I I just the change that Activision did for for their for their esports league have also put me off from anything. that they're doing. Honestly, um, the change of oh, we're no longer gonna do in person events. Period. I'm like, I understand the business sense behind that. If you made that decision, maybe at the beginning of the pandemic, but we're kind of coming around the bend. and if a company like ReadPop can comfortably say that they can run New York comic con with social distance, and I'm like I'm ninety percent sure if riot games can figure out how to run a LAN and have zero or close to zero issues. Then I think Activision, they have the money behind. They're not this small indie. Car. Um, I think a lot of these decisions are just made just to line their upper echelons' pockets. Yeah, literally, wrestling's gotten it down for better or for worse. <laughs> Baseball has got it down for better or for worse. Like, I. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, honestly. (laughs) It just feels very... I don't know what the word is, honestly. Lazy?
0: I think so. I think that's a good
1: word for it. Lazy. That is a good word. Yeah. Um... We have some uh, other video game news that's not... As much as I love to dunk on Activision Blizzard Entertainment, um, (laughs) another company I like to dunk on has done something very weird today. Uh, Epic Games. Uh, (laughs) They're allowing other storefronts to be downloaded for free that just launched their storefront through Epic Games. Starting off with Itch.io. For those of uh, you who do not know what Itch.io is. Itch.io is another one of these PC platform storefronts like Steam, GOG, or uh, Epic Game Store. But it's specifically only for indie devs and indie games. So a lot of these are kind of like Game Jam games. Some of these are like proof like student games. Things like that. Um, Itch.io now being on the Epic Game Store, they're not bought out. Epic is not making any money off the transitions if you download the app through there. Um, so I think this is just a thing to just beg the question at Apple during their lawsuit saying, look, we allow another game store onto our platform and we make no money off of it. Why can't you do it? That's really what it seems like. So yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: just confused as to like why Epic would let them be on their servers if they're not gonna make any money
1: off of it uh, ex- that sounds, but- I, I understand I kind of get the idea behind it um there was this talk back in 2016 about reorganizing the internet to a to let instead of server companies like Facebook Google and all that uh, run basically run the internet um, but to let applications handle everything and uh-huh. Epic is kind of trying to do that um, in terms of they now have a captive audience, right? They have all the Fortnite. Right. Those kids are going to try or not. When someone's entrenched in an in a ecosystem, it's very hard for them to that ecosystem. This is why Steam has proliferated for so long. This is why you have the issue between Apple and Android. Stuff like that. So when someone's enthralled in that ecosystem, you have to come up with ways to keep them there. Epic has realized, outside of Fortnite and whatever games or how much money they burn with the store, if they allow other platform stores where they make no money off of it, in the long run, they're keeping a captive audience. Yep. It's essentially the uh, cable vision approach. It's look, we'll offer you all these channels for this price. Even if we lose money in the beginning, you're gonna be stuck with us. <laughs> for
0: sure.
1: So that's that's why they're doing it. That's why they're making no money off. That's why they chose not to take it. Um, it also looks good on them when they make this this giant. It was a big press release that was shared around. Um, everyone who's smart, who's following the Epic Game Store and Apple. Uh, lawsuit knows that it's also a way to just rile Apple. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, that lawsuit's going weird. <laughs> it's
0: taking too long, but that's
1: beside the point. It's, um, <laughs> eh. taking too yeah, long is not the little- issue. It's, it's, They're bringing up internet protocols that haven't even been spoken about in years. Like, I like they'll. Apple is using AOL as a defense. (laughs) 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 I want you to realize this. Apple is using AOL as a defense. As a defense for the walled garden.
0: Gen Z is, what's an AOL?
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the internet, where the internet used to make used to scream at you. Wait,
0: yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, anyway, over in uh, some more positive news side, uh, Dice held their awards, and Hades wound up being the big winner with, uh, I think, about five or six awards won. I think so. Inc- including game of the year, uh, going down the list right now. Because uh, I was, I couldn't watch the full show, but uh, I decided to wait till they just published everything. Um, Outstanding achievement for an independent game went to Hades. Uh, Immersive reality technical achievement went to Half Life Alex. Outstanding technical achievement to Dreams. Outstanding Achievement in Story went to The Last of Us Part Two. Outstanding Achievement in Audio Design went to Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima also picked up an award in Outstanding Achievement for Original Music Composition. Outstanding Achievement in Character went to uh, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales for the character of Miles Morales. Outstanding uh, Achievement in Art Direction went to Ghost of Tsushima. Outstanding Achievement in Animation went to The Last of Us Part Two. Online Game of the Year went to Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, and Mobile oh. Game of the Year went to Legends of Runeterra, which is an interesting pick for that is mobile game. Ah, uh, for Immersive Reality Game of the Year, again this is for VR. Half-Life Alex walked away with that. Microsoft Flight Simulator walked away with the strategy strategy simulation game of the year. Why is that Tony a Hawk's Why Pro-
1: is that a, a category? Those are two separate genres.
0: They're two separate genres, I know. It makes no sense, but they decided to bump them little up into one. <laughs> uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater one and two walked away with the sports game of the year. That's also Final a Fantasy simulation game 3. though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake walked away with Role-Playing Game of the Year. Mario Kart Live Home Circuit took away racing game of the year and I'm kind of uh you know rolling my eyes at that. Well granted there weren't a lot of racing games released uh, last oh, year. Oh, I thought you
1: said wasted game of the year. A game that was that came out and nobody really played. It oh, racing. No, it was racing. Okay. Yes.
0: Okay. I don't I don't know if Mario Kart Live Home Circuit counts like, it's it's mostly a toy, but I guess... What else came out in racing a, this year? Not much. I think there was, like, F1 2020 and, like, Dirt 5. <laughs> I remember Dirt 5. Dirt <laughs> 5, Project Cars my,
1: 3, F1 2020, GP 2020, Fast and Furious Crossroads, Hot Shot Racing... Uh, yeah, nothing. Okay. <laughs> Need for speed. Grid. Mario Kart Live. And um Rock of the Ages 3. Make it make make it break.
0: Yeah, of of all those like Dirt Five I almost considered getting for my PlayStation 5 because the Dirt series is super good when it comes to racing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, continuing on with the winners, fighting game of the year went to Mortal Kombat Eleven. Uh, coincidentally of note, this is the only awards that actually nominated them. Fighting hurts,
1: but that came out this year. Yes, <laughs> I, I. This is what I don't like about some of these. It's like you have to make a choice: either it has to come out that year, or not.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Family Game of the Year went to Animal Crossing New Horizons. Adventure Game of the Year to Ghost of Tsushima. Action Game of the Year to Hades. Outstanding Achievement in Game Design, Hades. Outstanding Achievement in Game Direction, Hades. And the overall Game of the Year winner went to Hades. Um, So that was the DICE Awards. I I
1: I have a legitimate question for you. Do you think that Naughty Dog's upset that Hades won a lot of these awards? I don't think Naughty Dog cares. Okay, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they care. Let me rephrase that. Not Naughty Dog, but what's the new Sony CEO? Jim Ryan? Yeah, do you think he cares? No, Jim Ryan's too
0: busy eating Corona because of the about face that Sony had to make with the closing of the digital stores of the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation Vita. And I guess the power of people worked because they changed their minds about closing those storefronts. Those storefronts are gonna remain open now. The PSP unfortunately will have its storefront closing in July. Yeah, that's uh which I don't fair. I don't think that that's like negligible when you think about it.
1: Because a lot of those PSP because, games got ported to the Vita. Yes. So uh, <sighs> so unless you, unless you really Really, really want to play them on a PSP Go or your V or your original PSP.
0: Uh, yeah, I still need to. I still need to get a PSP Go before July. So.
1: Yeah, there's that.
0: There's that. Uh, um, and- but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he cares. I don't know if it really affects him that much. I mean. As CEO, his job is literally just to bring in as much money as possible to. But Sony. these
1: award ceremonies also bring, like, because then you can like re-release the game.
0: They bring a, they bring attention to games. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know because
0: so far, some of the things that have come out of his mouth have gotten a lot of flack from the community itself, and not just the community, but other developers. Like the whole notion of remaking the Last of the original Last of Us all over again. Uh, sure, the Last of Us fans are happy, but then you have other gamers that are like, that that's time that you could just probably invest into like a new franchise. And he's also gone on record saying that like you know, oh, the PlayStation Five is going to have the most exclusive ever. And it's like, look, if you're going to sit here and remake the Last of Us, where where are you getting these other exclusives from? Like, you have all these studios who want to make really awesome and amazing games. We have Sony Ben who's wanted to make a Days Gone two, which for all intents and purposes they should have, and they should be able to. But it, uh, the rumor mill has it that they're working with Naughty Dog on some type of multiplayer game. Don't know, don't care. I'm probably gonna ignore it anyway.
1: Unless it's unless uh, unless it's PlayStation All Stars two.
0: No, I, I, I no. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the end of the day, you know, Sony's going to Sony. Um, I'm, I'm more excited for the stuff that is coming out from like the smaller studios that yeah. are coming out this year. Uh, Housemark, of course, is bringing us Returnal, which drops next Friday. Uh, super excited for that. Uh, I've had a chance to play a little bit of Returnal. And it is an amazing game. It is essentially like... If anyone remembers this little GameCube title called PNO3 or Product Number 3... Uh, I think you and I that. are the only
1: two people in the world who remember <laughs> yeah, that, that game. That
0: game, sold, that game sold two copies and I have one on them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have the other one. And I also have the pre-order shirt for it. <laughs> I still have
0: that um, shirt. But, uh, <laughs> it is an amazing game. Now, I I joke, you know, it obviously sold more than that, but it's a very niche you know, who who are people who picked it up? Picked it up because that's the kind of game they like to play. Um
1: it's one of the Capcom exclusive gra- games.
0: <laughs> it was one of those like GameCube exclusive
1: uh Capcom deal game.
0: game. Yeah, <laughs> so you take you take the style of piano three, and mix it with this like sci-fi horror, Metroid Prime esque atmosphere, and give it a bullet hell, rogue light, mechanic, and you pretty much have Returnal. Um, I'm gonna drop some screenshots from our upcoming review. Uh, over in our Discord, for those of you who are watching us live, uh, anyone listening to this uh, post-release, you guys know where to go for our Discord. Uh, that's going to be dropped in the chat there. Um, I'll be posting up some screenshots uh, in the Discord for your our viewing pleasure, so you can take a look at some of the stuff that's, that is in this game. Uh, Returnal is beautiful and i think it's probably one of the first games that i mean it is going to be it's one of the it's it's like hey here's a playstation 5 game like an actual ps5 game
1: you know yeah that's what everyone's been saying recently (laughs) like this is the game that will show up
0: um yeah and and it's funny that it's a bullet hell style game when we're gonna be getting another game that kind of has that same mechanic and that's releasing to wall which is going to be near replicant the prequel to near automata
1: uh use and that the term lightly. I would use that term prequel very lightly
0: <laughs> well it is the prequel
1: <laughs> it's it,
0: near automata is canonically after near replicant which is also near gestalt and it's it's funny like the history of those particular games because near replicant and near just Alt are the same game the only difference is the main character and the reason why the main character is different is because when they were working on that game near replicant um, it starred you know the typical effeminate looking yeah Japanese male character and Square Enix of the Americas were like, this is not going to sell well. You need to make a main character that is gruff and tough and, you know, looks machismo. So that's why the American version of the game got that ugly old looking dude <laughs> in the version of Nier that we received.
1: Yep, I remember so that. The so
0: games, the, the games are identical in terms of levels and story and whatnot, but the bit, the only change is main character. <laughs> the main character is supposed to be protecting his sister in Neo replicant. And for the American version, they changed it into this older guy. So they made her, they made that guy, her dad and he's protecting his daughter. It, it doesn't change like the story that much. Um, but it being the brother makes the impact of certain things that happen in that game feel a lot stronger in terms of the narrative. So I'm excited to be showing it off for you guys when I stream it uh, tomorrow night <laughs> for, a spe- for a special impromptu Friday night stream just after our Kai podcast, our sister podcast featuring all talk on anime as well as our D happy hour. Where you can join us in some Among Us. <laughs> and then uh, we'll have a special stream uh, to show off the beginning of Near Replicant. Doing that because I want to make sure I get enough time out of the way before the rest of the games come out. Oh, uh, yeah. In May, June, and July as we start to enter what was once the summer drought is no longer
1: the summer drought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the last thing I just want to touch on. Um, since we did mention product number three, the other of the Capcom exclusive games that never became the Capcom exclusive, Resident Evil 4 with its VR port. We actually got to see gameplay through the Oculus uh, showcase. Did you get to watch that?
0: Yeah. I watched it. Uh, I was surprised how short it was.
1: <laughs> uh, that doesn't surprise me. Um, Facebook tends to do tech announcements uh, around, for Oculus around summertime. So this was just a gameplay. This is basically where they're showing. Hey, this is what's coming out in the next few months. Basically, yeah. They took a page from Nintendo, essentially. Um, sure. With like those small directs. So,
0: yeah.
1: They, they showed off a lot of cool games, um, especially uh, Carve, which is uh, the spiritual successor from Ten Eighty Snowboard from the N Sixty Four. That looks fun, right? But. The thing that, that stuck out to me the most was this Resident Evil um, for VR Evil 4 game. VR? And right. the thing that frustrated me with Resident Evil 4 as a gamer was not the fact that it was the first of the Resident Evil games that was a departure from horror, not the fact that the voice actress for um, the president's daughter is also the voice actress for Sandy Cheeks in Spongebob. But... (laughs) (laughs) But also, that game had a lot of quick-time events.
0: Yeah, I don't know how that's going to be. That's what I wanted.
1: Everything that they showed off looked great. I really liked how they used... How it's no longer a pause menu to re-equip things, stuff like that. And how... In Leon's perspective, like, you have a choice whether to always be, like, in first-person mode or have, like, the teleport where, like, you see Leon walk to the point that you—and you, then you teleport there. Um, yeah. I really liked all of that. It's just—I—I I really want to know how they're going to deal with the quick timer. That's my biggest concern. I don't know.
0: VR is such a weird space when it comes to gaming because some games get it right. some games you're like, why were you made? Uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of talk seems to be uh, around that game that got me hyped that I think it was like after the fall yeah something like there's that. there's a lot of yeah, um, that game looks phenomenal. I hope they don't mess that up.
1: I, I don't I don't For, think they uh, will mess it up. Um the dev that's working on that has done other really good VR work. So it looks good. My only complaint is that it is a platform exclusive game. Yeah. When
0: so it's only going to be on the Oculus stuff.
1: Yeah, it's only going to be either on the Rift or the um, Oculus Go. And th- this is my biggest complaint about it. I think HTC, Valve, and um. Uh, and HP have gotten it right with VR in terms of selling them as peripheral that are add-ons to enhance gaming or to access a subset genre of gaming. Kind of like how for simulation games, you would, if you wanted to, you could use mouse and keyboard and whatnot, or you could go all out and get like um, the controller for it, stuff like that. Uh, right. Like for Flight Sims, or um, what was that mech game on the PS2 that had the giant controller?
0: Uh, it was not PS2, it was uh, Xbox. Xbox. Was Steel Battalion.
1: Yes, yeah, Steel Battalion. Thank you.
0: Um, yeah. That thing came with like a little mech keyboard that yeah. you could set up. And <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: So that that's, that's how I, I feel that VR should go. Facebook has taken VR to be sold as a console, and I think. Apple, eventually, when they release their VR, will also do the same. And I think that is what's going to hurt VR the most. As, as, as a tech. Like, It's what's going to keep the price high for people. It's what's going to keep the, it out of the reach of the everyday gamer. While the Oculus Go has dropped in price, it's still something that, that doesn't connect to other systems. Yeah. Surprisingly, I think Sony has it right. Sell it as an add-on to your
0: company. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the PSVR, 2 whenever they get around to that. Count. They, they showed. That's, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, we, we talked about it before. Yeah. But I'm just like, you know, when, when more details come out for it.
1: I think that's going to be a holiday uh, release. I think that's going to be like the thing that they show. That's going to be one thing they show off at E3. If they're at
0: E3. Have
1: they <laughs> annu- announced
0: e uh, Not to my knowledge. Oh, okay. I know Microsoft and Nintendo have confirmed that they will be at the uh, this year's E3 for sure. Um, but that remains to be seen. Anyways, that's gonna do it for today's show. Uh, appreciate y'all coming on through, checking us out, giving us a listen. Uh, but stick around, because the content doesn't end there. We're gonna jump on after the show over to RJ who will be streaming uh, a brand new title he'll be streaming Sekuna of Rice and Ruin uh, very interesting RPG title uh, that I think uh, is overlooked to a degree um, but definitely something you guys may want to check out after the show uh, but as, uh, as I said before if you want to keep the conversation going You can do so over in our Discord. Definitely check out our video games channel where I'll be posting up a few screenshots, just a small batch. I think I got like three or four. uh, Some screenshots. Uh, Which will be the next uh, upcoming review and possibly a showcase for next week. Uh, Tomorrow I'm going to stream some near Replicant because I am a huge fan of that show. Of the show. Of that game. (laughs) (laughs) And I will blab about all things Nier uh, <laughs> tomorrow when we get around to it before I indulge in some Mortal Kombat viewing for the new movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> but definitely feel free to tag me at Omega Z. I'm more than willing to uh, chat with you all over in the uh, the Discord. Yeah, I do love Nier. And it's funny because I remember when I, I first reviewed Nier Automata. And that review is up on our site, and I was a little harsh on it, but that's because I didn't quite understand that I had to play it more than once at the time. Like, I took the game as it, Uh and I could probably go back and redo, or probably do a redo, like, hey, here's what I really think of Nier Automata. This game is amazing. <laughs>
1: everyone should play it. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> everyone should play it. <laughs> um But yeah, we'll talk about my love of Nier uh, tomorrow on our special showcase stream after our wonderful, wonderful content (laughs) block. If you love to support us even more than just a a follow or a share of our content, you can definitely check out our merch over at our Stream Elements shop. We have our D hoodie, our D t-shirt, and our patented D mug for your beverage of choice. And you can definitely take a look at some of the sets that we have there. Definitely also check out our sponsor, Image Anime, at the website ImageAnime.com. You can use our code DISCOUNT20 for 20% off all in-stock items that are available at ImageAnime.com. The folks at Image Anime are also running the Tamashi Nation's pop up shop in Midtown. That store is open until the 25th. So definitely check it out if you are in the New York City area. And by association, some of those products you can actually see at the Waypoint Cafe as well in the Lower East Side, 65 Ludlow, the home base for the Decode podcast. Sometimes you may find myself or Gino there. Not only is it just a cool place for the image anime pop up, you can get a cool beverage or a tasty treat, as well as some time on the various land computers there to get your game on. Definitely check out the Waypoint Cafe and tell them we said hi. Anyways, that's going to do it. Hope everyone has a safe night. We'll see you on the next episode of the Decode Podcast. But until then, you've been decoding.